How's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 162, and it was recorded in Nashville, Tennessee last year with Chris Watts. Chris came over to the house, and we chattered about all sorts of things. A lot of what was going on at the time in the news, uh, a lot about Katrina, because he was serving in the National Guard at the time that Katrina hit, uh, and he was in New Orleans. And uh, we talked about the fact that he was given an option when he was younger about going to the military or going to jail, and he chose the military. <laughs> so what's interesting about that is I've heard other stories of people that have been given that, that opportunity to choose jail or military, but the Army's official stance is this. Uh, Waiver is not authorized if a criminal or juvenile court charge is pending or if such a charge was dismissed or dropped at any stage of the court proceedings on condition that the offender enlist in a military service. So that's the official statement from the Army. But as I was doing the research on it, I found a ton of people saying, oh yeah, I was given the choice. You either go to jail or you go into the military. Now, these were not felony offenders from what I could tell. Um, and this was, charges were dropped and they went into the military as they agreed. So it's very interesting that that was the case. And I, I don't know if you recall that when I were, uh, did an um, episode with Harlan Peace, who teaches at the at the prison system there in Nashville, that he talked about a judge that, I think it was, I'm trying to recall now, something about the judge said, you can either go do this jail time or you can write an essay and turn that in. I think that's what it was. Go back and listen. I'm going to. <laughs> that was the Harlan Peace episode. So I think it does happen, even if the military says it doesn't. Um, but the thing is also is that the military does a very thorough background check, I think. I might be making that up um, on people that enlist. I don't know. It's, it's a thin line. I remember when my best friend in college um, dated a guy in the Army. And some of his friends in the Army had some questionable character traits. And I asked Sean, uh, you know, what's going on there? And he said, oh, well, they were basically, it was either go to jail or go into the army, and they chose the army. So we know what happens. I don't know. Official statements be damned, right? Anyway, it was a really interesting conversation, and I hope you dig it as much as I did. Usual stuff, heyhumanpodcast.com. The links page is very full for this episode. Uh, we talk about so many different things. So it's really chock full of information, books, movies, uh, articles, blah, blah, blah. It's all on there. So definitely check that out. Also on the heyhumanpodcast.com site, you'll find the Amazon portal. This is an ad-free podcast. I'd like to keep it that way. And so your support really helps. Uh, if you shop Amazon, please go through the Amazon portal on the Hey Human podcast website, and that helps support Hey Human. Also, go on iTunes, rate and review the show. That is super helpful. Uh, it gets other people interested in the show, and also it helps the algorithm. So take a minute and do that, and I would be very, very thankful. I am thankful anyway, but it would be very cool if you did that. You can reach me at Susan at HeyHumanPodcast.com. Uh, SusanRuth.com is my main website. I'm on social media under Hey Human Podcast, and that's on Facebook 
and Instagram. And I try and really keep the Instagram one interesting. I put information about people in history on that one along with the posters for the show. So you get a little bit of education in there or historical, you know, stuff. I don't know. I think it's cool. Maybe you will too. I think that's about it. Uh, let's get into this. Thanks for listening, everybody. Here we go. Chris Watts, welcome to Hey Human. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. I think right off the bat, it's really important to mention you are not the Chris Watts who murdered his family. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of messages about that uh, in the middle of the night. Um, I woke up the next day and people were like, what's what going you on? Do you, yeah, what? Is there something you're not telling me? Because you have a family. Do you have children? I do not. Okay. No. I just yeah. have a wife. And she's still very much alive. She's alive, yeah. That's just for the, crazy. For the, for the record. Yeah. Yeah. She, there's actually a Twitter uh, feed that's pretty interesting where the people who have the names of, of notorious folks throughout history. Really? Yeah, and uh, and they all talk to each other on this one particular feed. I should be up there. Yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you are not he. No, I'm not. I thought we were going to hear the cool like intro music, too. You you will when you hear the okay, actual recording. Yeah. Oh no, it doesn't get played live. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But I was kind of hoping just for I could play it for you if you want to. That's N- all right. NPR this is not. That's all right. <laughs> Doodle doo doo. I listened to it for like you don't know this but I sat out, I sat out in my truck for like just an hour and just listen to the intro music yeah. to get into it. Yeah. Just I wrote I part. wrote that with my friend Brad Call- Callahan. And I should say, I am the loosely writer of it. I would say he wrote it, and I was in the room. Um, so it's a co-write. It is a co-write. And he's, it's very Nashville of you. Yeah, he's lovely. And it was from when we were in Nashville. We did a bunch of bumpers together. And uh, so, yeah, shout out Brad Callahan. He's awesome. I love him dearly. And he uh, lives in Minnesota Oh with wow. his wife, Joe. So anyway, Chris, welcome. It's good to be here. <laughs> Everyone's like, okay, so like, what is this about? Uh, you and I have known each other for a hot minute. I'm trying, you know, I was trying to remember where we 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 met on an airplane uh, going to Key West. Okay, so that the, would have been for the songwriters. Um, how long ago would that have been then? I don't know. Uh, and was I sober at the moment? <laughs> Was anyone? I don't know. You you offered me a breath mint. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I yeah, being rude? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just I, I figured you know anytime somebody offers you a, a piece of gum or a breath mint, to, you should to take, take it. it. Yeah. yeah, maybe. I, although I'm definitely a kind of personality that if I thought your breath was off putting, I would probably say, "Hey, could you? Might, you? you might want to <laughs> do this." Isn't that funny? There are certain things that are considered off limits to talk about and yet I've known people in my lifetime whose breath have been clearly something is wrong with them internally. It's like a medical thing. Yeah and and they don't they have no idea maybe or maybe they do and it's like this weird shame around it when in fact it could be you know tooth decay or maybe they have post nasal drip or there may be something wrong in their stomach or who knows what and like the cancer dogs that can sniff cancer on people. And and dogs too. They they get like uh, gum disease or whatever. And mm. you, the only way you know is from the breath. The dog breath. Woof. Yeah. Puppy breath is perfect though. Yeah, it is. I love puppy breath and puppy feet. Smells like Fritos. <laughs> Sometimes I think that's why on... I like Fritos so much, is because it reminds me of puppy puppy feet. I could see that. 
We have a puppy. He's you a, do? Yeah, he's a um, he's a rescue dog. Yay! His name's Cooley. He's uh he's about to be two years old in in a month. He's part Chihuahua <gasps> and part Jack Russell Terrier. Yes, that's so what Mikey was. Really? Mikey was Chihuahua, Jack Russell, and Dachshund, and he was a perfect gentleman. He was not a spazzy dog at yeah, all. Yeah, uh, Cooley is like so well behaved, chill. Mm-hmm. Um, he Dogs jumps take sometimes. Dogs take after their people, you know. Yeah, yeah. But he we he was about he was like five months old when when we got him, and I knew um, my wife had never had a pet before ever. And so I wanted to get her, uh, I knew she wanted a puppy, and I, I went to the Humane Society, and there was only two puppies. It's all, you know, it's a lot of, like, older dogs. And there was him, and there was a, a part, like, hound, part lab. And so I, I just, I went with him, because he was... I They're figured, smart, too. Those are some smart he's dogs. He's really smart. Yeah. He can escape. He, um, we, we, we board him sometimes at the, at the vet, and mm-hmm. he knows how to escape. Mm-hmm. The, like they put him in uh, like a bigger cage and he escaped. So really, they have to like be on that when okay. when when we bring him. We have to padlock his kennel too. Serious? He's mm-hmm. a smart dog. He can open our front door. When I was little, we had a dog named Mouse. We had Mouse and Bear, <laughs> and Mouse was a Brittany Spaniel Chihuahua mix. Bear was Black Lab Golden Retriever, and she was huge and he was small, and he was so smart and she was just a big dumb dog lovey lovey big dumb dog yeah and he would manipulate her to do his bidding it was so funny he'd get her to knock stuff off of the table he got her to dig holes in the yard so he could get out it was it was really interesting dogs are dogs are a lot smarter than people no (laughs) (laughs) i like them a lot better in a lot of cases yeah dogs make the best people but yeah so we were um we were on a plane going to Key West, and I go every year. Mm. I didn't um, go last year. I don't fly every year, but I, I go every year. Yeah. That would have been... It's a long drive. Usually, I, I, like, I've, when I drive, I'll, I'll, I'll make, like, a tour out smart. of it on the way there and back. Yeah. So, Katrina, so you were in New Orleans when that happened. I was. Um, How old were you? I was uh, I was twenty three mm-hmm. or twenty two rather, and, and um, I'm I'm from Louisiana uh, originally. Um, I was living in New Orleans when 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 it happened. I, I was going to uh, the University of New Orleans. I, I was going to film school down there, and um, I was also in I was in the National Guard. Um, Thank the, you. The, oh. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I I got in some trouble when I was younger, and it it, it, that was it just options. made sense. Yeah, okay. that happens. Um, but no, I, I was um, I'd gotten some trouble, and, and that seemed to be a, a you know a good way out of it. Can you say what your trouble was? Yeah, uh, I, I got arrested a few times, and one of them was a, a felony. It was a battery on a police officer. Whoops. Yeah, and um, I had a couple of other like like drinking and uh, just underage drinking and like a lot of like fighting yeah. stuff and it it all just kind of happened at once and um the DA was basically like you're going to have you thought about joining because if you don't like you're you're probably going to do some uh, <laughs> a, Worse a, a little bit of time oh yeah you know that happens <laughs> i don't think people necessarily realize that 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 has been an option for a lot of people yeah. that especially younger people where they say here are your options prison or military yeah 100 percent 
Um, and I don't necessarily agree with the the moral. Uh, I it, it helped me out, you know. Mm. So I I don't. It helped straighten you out. You mean? It helped me out. Yeah. It helped straighten me out. Um, but it, it you know like it, it got me. Uh, I, I was in college and like had full paid scholarships, and like lost all those. Mm. Um, f- first semester, second semester, I was on uh, like probation or whatever, and I didn't care. I didn't want to be in college. Uh, I was going through a just a weird rough spell. And um, was but that I, because you were away from home for the first time, or was there no? Um, I, I was. I mean, actually, yeah. That that probably had like a little bit to do with it. Um, I had like a high school girlfriend, you know, that was. Uh, we had dated for probably like three years, and we broke up. That might have been part of. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was I was like eighteen. Sure. But um, I was getting into trouble, and so uh, I joined. I, I signed up, and um, when I got out of basic and AIT, I wanted to go to film school, and so I moved to New Orleans, and I was there in film school for two years, and then um, Katrina happened in two thousand five. And I remember we were uh, we were the only National Guard unit that was still in the state because everybody else was in Iraq or Afghanistan at the time. So we had a um, we had like a, a a meeting and they issued us these pagers. And if you get the call on the page, that's when you know you know you have to go like yeah. go down to New Orleans or at the time report to your um, report to your base and and get orders but so we were we were the first responders for hurricane katrina mm-hmm. and um every year they open the superdome like where the saints play football they open that for uh for evacuation that's like a official evacuation spot that the government oversees the the national guard oversees and um so we knew that uh we were to report there on th- this was on like a saturday Sunday is when they opened it up to the public, and then Monday is when the hurricane hit. So um, there was like five to six thousand people in there at the time, which is like totally normal and what we were prepared for uh, with supplies and whatnot. And the hurricane hit, and then Tuesday is when the levees broke, and so. What a lot of people don't understand is that we had nobody had any access to like media or TV or newspapers or anything. Like while we're in there, we don't know what's going on. We're just as clueless as as the the citizens. They're not reporting back to you and letting you know. No. Um, and and so the levees break, and then the whole town starts to flood, and then people start coming in from all over the place and it goes to like 25,000 people you know from 5,000 to 25 and the hurricane's already passed and everybody knows that because we were we were in there and it blew like the roof off the superdome so we knew it had passed and people didn't know why they couldn't go home and we didn't know either you didn't know the whole town had flooded no but the whole town started to flood and uh, people started coming in and um, it got pretty intense pr- pretty quick. 
And uh, how, how do you mean? Well, just with all the people coming in, and we weren't prepared for it. There, there was still like, so there was like 250 of us, um, in like in our unit. At the time, still when they when all these other people started coming in, it was still just us. And um, I think there was like two doctors um, and like some military police, but it was just us to deal with like 25,000 people that we don't have supplies for all of a sudden. And um, so people don't, people who come there are, they're scared and, and they have, they don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. They look to the National Guard for some sort of guidance or comfort at least, and they can tell that we don't know what's going on either. So, so I think that made things like a little more chaotic. Why do you think that people, the the higher ups, didn't inform you, the National Guard, who was there to try and maintain order and and keep people safe and calm? I think it was because, like, I mean, there there was just a an, an epic like <laughs> fail <laughs> yeah it, i mean just on all levels of of um so we we would we would have formation in in the mornings and um we would work in like 12 hour shifts and we would sleep for six so like we would go in patrol for 12 and then you sleep for six and then get up and and in our formations they told us like nothing just go out and patrol and and like try to keep people from patrol within the dome or patrol within out? the dome like this is all within the dome so crazy yeah patrol within the dome and um and so a big part of it was um people who were coming in had to be searched and we had this big long list of of items that we were to confiscate and it you know things like like nail clippers and you know stuff like that very like really just trivial things in case there was an insane manicurist yeah <laughs> you, can, you you never can be too careful um they've been huffing all that acetate all those years yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but so we i mean uh, you know of course there's the 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 threat of uh, like people bringing firearms in sure which you do have to look out for but but we so everybody coming into the superdome had to have everything they brought with them, which in most people's cases was everything they could possibly bring and fit, and for some people, everything they own. All that had to be searched through. It wasn't just like a pat down, like you're going through a concert. Like All bags had to be emptied. Um, and so this was a lot of like... We, we we had to do that and and there's it's like the hottest day of the year and it you know it's in Louisiana in the summertime and um, there's hundreds and probably thousands and tens of thousands of people like standing in line waiting to get in and so um, here's something that a lot of people don't know at at some point they decided that um, for for uh, lawsuit purposes that that males should only search males and females should only search females. Okay. Well, so the line of people coming into the Superdome, when you walked in, you know, if you were a male, you went here. If you were a female, you went here. And they would pat you down. Well, somebody decided that they said, well, we should make two lines, uh, a male line and a female line, 
one going into like the bottom of the Superdome where people were coming in and a new line like going to the very top like a, a bunch of stairs outside so like if me and you show up together and we have a kid um you get there and it's you know, mm. ma'am, you're going to have to go to this line. Sir, you're going to have to go to this line. So they were separating families. Figure out where the kid... Yeah, exactly. And that was happening before people ever even got in there. And so add that to, you know, the already... The like, level of panic must have gone up a lot. Totally. And then once once you walk... You know, there might be uh, 2,000 people in line in front of you, and there might be 5,000 people in front of me. And so, like, we're never going to see each other again because when you walk in, you can't have 10,000 people standing there. So they're, they're shuffled into the mix. And uh, it was that that added to, to the chaos a lot for sure. And the kids must have been terrified. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you had to deal that to deal with. Um, senior citizens, people with medical. You know, medical I mean, you, you, that was all. Um, that, that was all a thing that, that we had to deal with. And um, a couple of days into it, they, uh, they issued us our, our M16s. Now, when that happens, you're, you have to be ordered to, to load a chamber into the round of your gun. Like, you're walking around with them, but they're not loaded, essentially, like in, until you're ordered to. And... It never got to that point, like when I was there. But um, but like so, th this was uh, let's see, the hurricane hit on Monday. Tuesday is when the levees broke, and so um, late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, uh, some so me and some soldiers had some soldiers and I had just gotten off uh, patrol, and we were we heard that there was like a um. There was like a, a restroom that had running water because none of the restroom, you know, like the plumbing was out, the power was out. God, to have all those people, <laughs> I can't imagine what it smelled like. I'll never forget the smell. It was awful. And I'm sure people died in there. I mean, you can't I, have, just by statistics, regardless of whether or not things were taken to the letter, right. when you have that many people, statistically, people will die. Well... The the day of the night that I'm I'm about to tell you about, I was on um, I was on crowd control duty, like outside dealing with like the lines of people trying to come in, and I told you about the um, the uh, just you know it's the hottest day of the year. Everything has to be searched, so there's thousands of people in line, and uh, people were dying like in the line, um, elderly kids, and we, you just had to load them up and and like what what do you do? How do you deal with that? Did you did you suffer any repercussions emotionally from that experience? I don't think so. Um, I kind of looked at it as I, I'm 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 doing a job, you know, like I'm I'm doing my job, and as a human. You you have all these people coming up to you, with, uh, you know, th this person's medical emergency is more important than this person's, and you know these people's kids and this and that and and you have to just sit there and do your best to sort of let everybody know that like 
we're all in this together. I know it looks like we might be eating uh, like steak dinners upstairs or whatever, but we're not. And, you know, we're, you just have to do your best to like be a good person. And, you know, if there's some waters or MREs lying around, it, go grab them and give them to people. I don't know. It, An MRE, it, for those of you that don't know, it's <laughs> a meal ration. It's a, those little kits that military and astronauts and things. Right. Use. Or yeah. campers. Campers know what they are. Yeah. So um, the night that you, or the day <coughs> of the. Right. So, so that night um, we were, we were in search of, uh, of, of water and um, uh, a, a soldier went into this. It, it was a locker room behind uh, one of the end zones coming out of the, the football field. And he went in and um, there was a civilian hiding out in there and there wasn't supposed to be any civilians in that particular part. It was blocked off. And um, it was pitch black. You, you can't see anything at all. And he jumped out at the soldier and I could tell there was like a, a commotion. I, I could hear him in there. So I ran inside and I could tell, I could see just enough to tell they were fighting over his M16. The guy was trying to take the, the weapon away from him. And um, I just start, started, it, it was a hallway and they were at the end of the hall and I was at the other end and I just started running towards them. And um, eventually they, they fell. And like I said, we, we were not like locked and loaded, but somehow like a round got chambered and it went off and it hit me in the leg. And um, I just remember like pitch dark and I just remember like a flash. And then I, I didn't feel anything, but I remember thinking like, I've been shot. And then my leg immediately just like gave out and I fell into the nasty like sewage water. <laughs> Cause the, the bottom of the Superdome had, had already flooded. Um, and then I remember somebody pulling me out and uh, saying, you know, hold on, we're going to go get help. And I'm pretty realistic. And I knew that we were the only ones still in the Superdome at the time, just about. And um, so I just kind of laid there and, and I was, I could, I could see the ground like through the hole in my leg. It, it went in and out. You're lucky you didn't hit the femoral artery. Totally, because it, it went like an inch away from it. Jeez. But they, they drug me out, and I was with a bunch of special needs people that were all kind of posted up right there. And so I, I just sat there and waited, and it's kind of like, hey. <laughs> did someone line up to give you blood? How did they? Was well, it a clean shot? It, it... Went, it went in through and through. It, it, didn't hit, it didn't hit bone or anything like that. You're so lucky. Um, I was. Which is a weird thing to say if someone has just been shot. No, but I, I, t I totally was. And, and honestly... Did they apprehend the person that shot you? They did eventually. But the very first thing that went through my mind at the time was, was like, yes, I'm out of here. Like the Superdome. Because it was so... Awful. I didn't even think about like what maybe could happen uh, health-wise. Um I just thought this is awful and and this is this is probably going to get me out of it. And um 
so people came, uh, some, some Air Force people came. And by the way, I, I didn't shoot myself to, to get out of the Superdome. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> I didn't that was that. actually reported, though, in a, in a news story. Yeah. Of course. They there was all kinds of like... Were you the only uh, shot I was person? the only casualty, yeah. But so some, some, some Air Force people, uh, Air National Guard people picked me up. And I didn't feel it until then, like when I'd been laying there for probably about 45 minutes. And then, and then when they picked me up, that's when I felt it. Well, like, I imagine your adrenaline was probably keeping you from... Yeah, I, 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 was, I guess I was just in shock. Yeah. But it's the body's way of protecting you. Yeah, it, um, it just felt like a, I don't know, like a, um, it was like a constant burn. Like somebody just putting a cigar out on your leg, but, you know, time's like... Ten thousand. How long did it take to recover from that? It took a couple of months. Mm. Um, I'll pour you some more of this wine. You brought. sure? Thank you for bringing wine. No problem. That was really nice. But they they were um, so I was I was hella vac to Baton Rouge, and um, they say I don't remember. I I was on like a lot of morphine and you know other stuff and but apparently when i got there i called my mom and was like hey don't worry but i've been shot just wanted to let you know um so they came down but it, it was i was in the hospital for about a week and then i was on home health care for like two months and uh eventually i could like i could walk again and i'm i'm fine now so here's a question if the order doesn't get commanded and, and then you put in the bullet. Is it possible that that soldier just happened to be like, screw it, I'm making sure I'm armed? It's very possible. Because um, a bullet doesn't magically get into a chamber having gun experience. Right. <laughs> well, the, the same soldier, uh, a couple of months later, had an accidental discharge incident, like right around the headquarters when they were still... Um, stationed in new orleans just a couple of months after this when again they weren't supposed to be like locked and loaded yeah that's that's a big red flag right there yeah and i mean you you have like a lot of these people train once or twice a year you know whenever it is you have to qualify and that's the for some people that's the only time they ever see or touch a gun. Mm -hmm. I remember um, sign, seeing photographs during the first Iraq War where there were National Guards people, and on the sides of their trucks it would say things like "One week in a month, my ass," and we didn't sign up for this. You know, the National Guard right. means you protect the nation, not other nations. So it's. It's a lot to expect from people that are ill-equipped and ill-prepared. Yeah, because you. Um, I get, I get the concept, but it's it's like throwing a somebody into a mix that they have no business being in. In a lot of ways, yes. Uh, everybody goes through the same like basic training, and then you in in the army they call it AIT, where where you do your your like. Uh, specified training for whatever your military occupation is everybody goes through that but then if if you're in the national guard you're doing one weekend of a drill a month and mm -hmm. then two weeks during the summer and 
it's been a while. I could be wrong, but I think you just qualify once a year with with weapons with your M16, mm-hmm. where you go out and shoot targets. And I think you only qualify once a year for your your PT test, like your push-ups and sit-ups and and run. So a lot of times um, people are thrown. You know, like a a lot of people sign up. I feel like, especially in the National Guard, thinking um, I'm just going to get college out of it, or like. I'm going to get some charges dropped. Sure. Totally. Yeah. Sure. I just finished a book that was exceptional. It's called uh, The The Last True Story I'll Ever Tell. It's an exceptional book, and it's about a National Guardsman who went off to Iraq, and his story is horrifying. Horrifying. And tour after tour, he just kept getting re-upped, even though they kept telling him, oh, no, you're going to go home, and then his company would be automatically re-upped because they needed the bodies for lack yeah. of a better word just awful i would love to read it it's really good i'll, I'll give it to you because somebody gave it to me so i'll give it to you yeah i would love to read it um it's intense but yeah i mean that that's a big that's a big part of um i i, I feel like especially like being from the south that, that that's a big thing for for people to go into the military um, you know, maybe for just for a way to like pay to co- for college or to to get out of some charges, or maybe they just thought that like my my little brother is is a marine, mm-hmm. and uh, he he went active duty marines, and he did it because he wanted to. Um, but it, I I feel like there's 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 people that think that. Uh, and I think part of his decision too was he just didn't think that he had the grades to go to college or the, you know. So I, I think there's a lot of people who who feel like there is no other option. And mm-hmm. when you go and speak to these recruiters, they leave some stuff out. Yeah, I've heard that story time and again from various veterans, and yeah, we could go into a whole other conversation about that. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's true. I um, and I am absolutely one hundred percent behind veterans. This is not a diss against people that take make those life choices, right? But I do think that it's extraordinarily unfair that the people that are signing them up don't, don't want to take care of them when they get back. Don't want to take care of them when they get back. Don't want to really fill them in on what to expect. I mean, granted, you see things in the news, but a lot of money is spent on the military mystique on recruitment. Yeah. You know, now you see it, well, they put money into the it's sports. It's an investment. They put it into, you see the movie, you go to the movies, you see the, the grandiose films. They pay for particular movies to be made. You know, it's all propaganda. They give money to the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Sporting events is a big one. Um and, and I, I get it. They're recruiting a job like anybody else. But I, like you said, taking care of people when they come out and really it's prepping broken. them better to when they go in as well, um, which I'm sure they've gotten better at that over the years. But I have a lot of theories about, uh, first of all, I get very frustrated. I'm pretty vocal about it, that if you're going to give somebody training for nine weeks, on the way in, then you damn well better give them support for nine weeks on the way out. Give them 100%. mental health. Give them whatever medical they need. Support them for the rest of their lives. But, And this is a really dark thought, 
I have no way to say whether or not it's true, but in my heart of hearts, I hope it's not true that this rate of suicide, 22 a day for the military veterans when they come out of their combat missions, that the people, the power that be, they're like, oh, that's 22 people a day I don't have to care for for the rest of their lives because, you know, when you serve our country, then we are to serve you back and to give you right. money and funding and medical and like all these things and school and if people are taking themselves out it doesn't behoove a government to stop that does well, it I, I think and that's that such a dark thought but it certainly has it's crossed probably my not mind that off base because i the the federal government's trying to defund the the va out of existence i i feel like um president trump proposed who you know, <laughs> supposedly loves the troops, but he he tried to slat like cut like twenty two percent funding from the VA last year. Like one of the first things he did when he came into office, they would rather those people be in the private sector. But like, if you're dealing with these veterans that have been taken care of pretty much their whole like post war lives or whatever through the VA. And all of a sudden, you just basically like release them out into the wild, so your so your health insurance buddies can can prey upon them. That's wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's gross. And I, unfortunately, I think politicians they have different things <coughs> that are in their agendas. Oh, totally. I mean, <laughs> humankind is not really the top of their list. I right. don't think it's just <laughs> a shame that they they get used and they get thrown in the middle of it. The military, yeah, yeah, and and soldiers, soldiers, and They're, more more especially soldiers that aren't officers. Probably the more throwaways. Well, it, it's it, what what happens is um, it's it's become like a like a political tactic. Like if if you want to push through a bill that. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, if you want to push through a bill that you know isn't going to pass, then you can put like stuff some VA funding in there and then say, well, you try. Senator Joe yeah. Blow voted against funding your local VA. Um, and, and both sides do that mm. and do things like similar to that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the real losers are the, the, the soldiers and, and the right. veterans. Yeah. And um, it, it's... You you should be taken care of. I 100% agree with you, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm glad that uh, that your legs got better. Me too. For sure. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a heavy topic. Yeah, and I, I mean honestly, I could um, I could talk all night about it. I'm, I'm kind of like. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm Pulling back you. the reins, yeah. but you don't have to pull back any reins. I mean, people. Well, how, how much time do we have? As much time as you need. Um, I mean, it, it's just it, it's frustrating, and it, it, it's the the this whole. I, I'm I'm gonna try to keep this like not, but th this whole like just you know football players like kneeling for the flag. And all this, you know, like taking people's patriotism into question. How can you do that? It's grossly missing it, the point. To think that a person kneeling has anything to do with the flag is insane to me. But for totally. me, it's a, they're they're kneeling because they're not being represented because they're speaking out against the mishandling of. 
their humanity. Right. They, but it spins much better to put it under a patriotic hat. And if you have that much respect for the flag, then stop wearing your flag t-shirt and your flag hat and your flag <laughs> blankets. You know, example is this, I just read about this, and I, people are going to believe in whatever they want to believe, firstly. But on one side, don't be up in arms about what you think is a disrespect of the flag and then grossly disrespect it by doing all the things that are actually written into what the rules and regulations for a flag are, including right. don't wear it, don't let it touch the ground, certainly don't make a blankie out of it, you know. Or swimming trunks. Or swimming trunks <laughs> or whatever. So, you know, but... Or Budweiser bottles. Yeah. But the argument, of course, it's a moot point, unfortunately, because people are going to be for whatever they're for and logic yeah, there's, there's, really there's matter. there's no... Um, you can't even have those conversations anymore. I know. It's it's just it's just defeating the other side. Like mm -hmm. that's all. You know, there there was never like this this all-knowing beacon of truth that you could say like, well, you know, like people are always going to disagree whether you're sure. you know, Republican or Democrat or whatever. Um, people are always going to disagree, but you used to be able to have these these you used to be able to talk about it yeah. and debate it and you might not convince somebody else that that you're right or wrong, but you're both going to walk off better for having the having yeah. that interaction. Well, I just really like to hear from somebody why they are so offended by the kneeling and why they're not okay with that, but they are okay with wearing the flag. Right. You know. Yeah, and it's sort of that cake and eat it too thing that human beings are so good at. Well, it's because they're told by the emperor what, what to think. But the emperor is not wearing any clothes. <laughs> Don't they know? Oh, <laughs> such a great. That's such a great uh, fairy tale. I highly recommend reading that to anyone that hasn't read it. <laughs> uh. Well, it, it's it, to me, it, it's it's people that you 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 don't. So so like going back to the social media stuff that we were talking about. There is no more like, there is no more news. Right. There is no more like. There's there's no more nothing. There's no you you can't. It's a circus of opinion. You can't have these. You can't have these debates anymore because then like, then the um, the source comes in, in into sure. question. And all of us are we are all like everything I just said is through my lens. Right. You know, and I could be wrong as well, but. I don't know. For me, I'm like, let people have their voice. If they're not hurting anyone, does it hurt anyone that Colin takes a knee? Of course not. It doesn't hurt anyone. No. And he's voicing his right to say, hey, I think this is not okay. He does it quietly. He doesn't do it quietly anymore. He did it quietly, and then someone right. caught news of it and decided to make it very loud. He was doing that, as were a couple other people, for maybe a year or two before the news cycle got hold of it. Where was the outcry right. then? Nobody cared because it wasn't a story. The the news cycle now is and and I'm I have a uh, I I was in journalism like very briefly. Um I graduated with I, I have a journalism degree and a political science degree. Cool. And uh I moved to DC um when I was still in college actually. 
to write for a, um, a political magazine for the National Journal. And um, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't like DC, and I, I, I hated it so much that um, they, they actually offered me like a full-time job when my internship was over, and uh, I declined, and, and I went back to Louisiana, and I vowed to stay as far away from both politics and journalism as, as humanly possible. Why did you hate D.C.? Uh, just the just the, the people, mostly. Mm. I mean, it, it's a really cool city with, with a lot to do, but uh, just just the, the culture. Like, I, I wasn't... You, if you want to be a journalist, like, you that's your lifestyle you know that it's what i thought i wanted to do when i when i was young and um but it, it made me realize that it's really not what i wanted to do that I, i'd better figure out a way to make music work <laughs> because the, that because that's not going to work but i just just the, the the whole like um you know no nobody is is interested in you unless you can somehow like help them out and the whole like just network. I don't know. It, yeah, it just wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't for me. Yeah. So you you mentioned that your brother's a marine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the marines just had a birthday. They did. Um, yeah. Uh, do you and he share the same politics or no? Not really. Um, Is that an issue for you? No. Uh, we 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 don't talk about it a whole lot, but we we grew up. Um, in a very like conservative Christian household, as a lot of people do in in the South, and um, the I feel like the, the the first thing that I really had issues with growing up was was religion, and I, I feel like from a from a from a young age I, I was I just had a lot of questions that never got answered. Or answered to, to my liking, um, but as far as politics go, like I I remember um, growing up and and my dad yelling at the news every night and um, and you you sort of become indoctrinated as a as a child growing up around something like that, and so um I, I i was politically like very conservative when i when i first started to like sort of i guess develop my own uh opinions on what politics should be because i i was it was that whole like personal responsibility work hard uh because i did work hard you know and and that's how i was raised and and so i feel like the older i got the, the more things i started questioning and then it, it I, I was like a dwelled in like libertarianism for a while because I felt like okay this isn't too extreme but you know like I, I do agree that that you know what like people should be like women should be able to make their own decisions about what they do with their body and the government shouldn't be able to say what happens and it but I don't know like I, I tell people I'm I'm sort of like a recovering libertarian now and have been for a while, but it, it was it was just it, it was just enough without having to stray too far from what you've always known. And I don't know, I, I just started like getting out into the world and traveling and living life, and and you start to see how things are. And um, 
I've got friends, you know, like all, all my best friends back home who probably will even listen to this. Like they, they're very still like hardcore conservative. Please ask one of them to be on the show because I honestly, I would <laughs> I love will. to sit down and have a conversation with someone who is super duper conservative because I want to know um, why not to mock them. What do you, what do you, them, what do you want to know? Just how they develop their their feelings about things, what shaped them, and why they think, and to have an open conversation about something like the flag or the military or right. you know the president even. Um, well, I, I, I learn about myself through other people, you know, and right. if I am always around people that think exactly how I think, I'm never going to learn anything. So it's I, I really enjoy the discourse that I have with people that are completely different than me. Right. And, and I think I, it's important. I feel like right now, though, more than ever, people are, like, doubling down on... Just for the sake of it? Just for the sake of yeah, it, yeah. I see that, too. Because you, 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 people, are, are, people are threatened by this non-existent... <laughs> like, pe- people think that their, their way of life is, is, is in question, and, mm-hmm. and it's in jeopardy, and it's going away, and it's totally... People have not- spent a lot of money to make them feel that way. Right. <laughs> And it's it's totally not like it, there. There's not. Uh, pe- people are doubling down now on whatever it is they thought they may believe. Now it's like you're all in, one hundred percent. F you, you know, libtards or Nazis or whatever. I've been called libtard a lot <laughs> by some people that I really love. <laughs> it's a shame. Yeah, I had a. Um, it, whenever an argument uh, degenerates into name calling, there's it's not even. It's not worth the conversation anymore because nothing is being accomplished. But I think we all can agree that puppy videos are cute. (laughs) (laughs) I think my puppy and pictures and videos of him are cute. Sometimes I just watch animal videos and... I feel so much better. Well, there's, there's, because there, there's no like safe havens anymore. That, that's like one of your only mm-hmm. escapes now. There's two types of journalism, like pro-Trump or anti-Trump, and that's all it is. And now it's social media and and like micro-targeting ads and all this. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's caused this. We're, we're definitely in a new. It's very North Korea, really. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> Totally, but uh, I it's mean, very, and by, what I mean by that is it's very propagandist. On yeah, regardless of which direction you look, exactly, is, we are overwhelmed with propaganda. So when 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 the truth starts to erode because sources start to become in question, like what do you have left? Yeah, but I don't know the truth is so important anymore either. That's what I'm saying. Which like is it, weird. This cult of personality has, yeah, you've seen. I bring yeah. this up all the time too. The movie Idiocracy. Such a fantastic Best documentary ever yeah, made. <laughs> such a good movie. And it's you watch that and you think, that's just impossible. And then you start looking around and you're like, oh, wait, he was actually some sort of a soothsayer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> used to at least be able to like cite the New York Times or the Washington Post. You can't cite anything anymore. You can't cite anything anymore. Even stuff that's dumb. Like I posted during the fires that is going on in L.A. Um, I saw this thing. It seemed super legit it said something to the fact of you know if bring your animals inside and if wild animals are going through the yard don't bother them no that makes just perfect sense anyway but then 
that also said, put water out for them or food or whatever. And then it got snoped and said, like, do not do that. That's a really bad idea. They're going to fend for themselves. Let them do what they do. <laughs> Don't get involved with the wild animals kind of thing. I was like, oh, actually, that makes way more sense. And yeah. I'm like, oh, why didn't I? All I was thinking was, oh, animals. And I just posted it. Right. So I'm part of the problem, too. I've had to take down things that I later learned were erroneous. But I'm okay right. with with being wrong, which it well, happens. Well, that's the problem is because you, you, you immediately become part of it. Mm-hmm. As soon as you... Without even meaning to sometimes. Without meaning to. Yeah. And, and that's the whole, like... The everybody's road to hell a, is paid with good <laughs> intentions. Everybody's a part of it. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, and I know that everyone's like, oh, the extreme left and the extreme right and the libtards and the conservative assholes and la 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 <laughs> And it's, it's just like, okay, stop, everybody. Stop for five yeah, minutes. I don't know if... You... And there's tons of great, good news out there, but we're not looking at that. We're only looking at this garbage material, you know? Yeah. You should be aware of what's going on in your world, granted. The news, uh, you know, which is controlled by advertising dollars, like, it, it's no longer people bringing their editors these stories and they're deciding, like, whether or not is this newsworthy. Right. Now it's just, like, you have to sell fear and, and, yeah, and crises. And right. So, like, my, my dad, he um, he's a big, like, Fox News guy. And so when I go home, he comes home from work and he sits down and he, he watches Fox News and uh, he starts yelling... <laughs> And then it, it turns into hours of him yelling with people he agrees with, but he's he's stirred up. And I I told him I think last time I was home I was like Dad I, this isn't good for you like you're it's not. you're just you're living in anger and you're and it's addictive. It is addictive. It's releasing dopamine. It's yeah, absolutely. My mom's the same only for her at CNN and she's screaming and yelling. Yeah, because like, they because they, they tell you like. Look what the dumb libtards are doing now. Or, right. you know, look what the... Satan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Satan like, Republicans. They, 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 they show you what... Although there are... Let's be honest. There's some shit going down that is horrifying. But that, yeah, is, well, that I mean, is truthful. There is some horrible stuff going on. There is a lot of horrible stuff. But that horrible stuff, I feel like, doesn't get talked about as much as the, like, fabricated horrible stuff. Right. The sensationalism. Yeah. So they, they don't... and. You know that's the thing with like these, especially Fox News. Like it's not, it's not what they cover. It's like what they don't cover. That's like the the scary thing to me. A lie by omission is still a lie. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny growing up because my, my dad, you know, a scientist guy, and and I would say, hey, dad, we learned about this out of the other today, or oh, I read this, and I still do that. We call you know talk about things, and one thing I learned from him a long, long time ago is when I read a scientific study. You go back and see who paid for it. Who paid for the study? The study that says bacon is awesome? Who paid for that? Well, probably bacon people, you know. Or, big farmer association yeah, or lobbyists. Or cigarettes are awesome? That was like a big thing. Who paid for all those tests? R.J. Reynolds back in the day. You know, right. but the, which drug is the best new perfect drug? Well, go backwards and see who paid for it. There's, it's no different in politic or in news. Somebody owns that. Yeah, it's it's and their agenda is coming forth. Yeah, it's all advertising dollars at work, and it and it's all 
it's it's really just time for for the AI to take over. <laughs> I think they are already. <laughs> it is. It would be interesting to see how things might shift just a little if, when people read a story, if they just did five more minutes of research and did a deeper dive. Because we are such a clickbait culture. I would like to know the percentage of people that even actually like click and read. They probably don't. They as opposed to just see the on. the headline. I think there's statistics on that for sure. I'm sure there is. Yeah. But but um, it's fa it's a fascinating <laughs> study of humanity for sure, and you gotta get I don't know you have to sort of step outside of it for a minute and just go we're all so ridiculous and see that right. part of it, otherwise we become like your dad and my mom, lunatics yeah. screaming at a television. <laughs> if there are and, aliens, I can see why they'd be fascinated with us because our emotional fever pitches or if aliens really exist and if they are lacking an emotion which is sort of the the cliche right right then i mean it would be like watching the greatest reality tv show ever to watch humans just go insane <laughs> constantly over the dumbest yeah stuff it you is stole a reality my parking show. spot you cut me off in traffic people shoot people for that it's like where have we where do you go in your head that you think the appropriate response for somebody being a jerk on the road is to shoot them <laughs> it's just like whoa we're all a bunch of big babies. I mean, it's just, <laughs> and it's horrifying, but all you, it is like your response is to laugh. My response is to laugh because it's like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah, I, la I mean, laughter is probably the best response you can have. I mean, have. It's, all, it's, it's, it's all you can do. Yeah, I had that in effect change. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> laugh and effect change. No, you're, do you believe you, in aliens? Because I know that when we oh, were... Oh, 100%. You do. Yeah. Have you ever seen a UFO? I've seen what I believe to be a UFO. What'd you see? I was driving from uh, my hometown to my, my college town when I was a teenager. And uh, it's about an hour, just straight interstate. And it was it was pretty, pretty much pitch black. And um, I was driving, and all of a sudden, the entire sky lit up. And there was like three little green lights. And they just fell really fast and then before they before they hit like the the horizon they just like took off mm -hmm. and it happened so quick that i had to pull over and it took a second to like process what went on but um i had some friends that worked at the uh, air force base and they said like they got tons of calls that night like a bunch of people saw it and they never they were like <laughs> you know it was just some some uh, satellites or whatever falling from space, but like satellites don't do that. Nothing does that that we know of that, right. that falls from space. And you know, it, like that might just be what I made up in my head, but I'm I'm 100% like that's what I saw, and I'd never seen anything like it, and I've never seen anything like it since. And like I said, I was not the only one to see it because a bunch of people like called in to that to the Air Force base and, and reported it and they were just like, Oh, we'll investigate it. I had a UFO researcher on the show right in my first year of doing the show. Um and uh I wish I could remember which number episode it was. Really cool guy, uh retired meteor meteorologist and he goes around everywhere collecting these stories of UFO sightings and then he compares it with the weather data and then tries to prove or disprove. Um, William Puckett is his name. Fascinating guy. Fascinating conversation that we wow. have. Wow. Yeah. I'll look into that for sure. 
but but yeah, I, I definitely believe one hundred percent. I'm sure I, part of me wishes they would just come hurry and, up. and you know <laughs> go ahead and destroy the earth and get it over with. But um, no, I. So I, you think they're uh, evil, malevolent? Destroy the earth? You say? I don't know if destroying the earth would necessarily even be considered evil. That's in, a really valid point. <laughs> <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, that's a good point. Hilarious. We're we're like. Like just mold on a on a old sandwich. <laughs> that's how I, that's how I feel I sometimes. It. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, I think we are certainly. Uh, uh, what's the word? Um, like the parasites on Paras the bottom. Of <laughs> I was going to say we're a little parasitic. Bacteria or par yeah. parasitic. Yeah, it sounds terrible to say because I I find people fascinating, but we, man. Whew, we got some issues. Yeah, yeah, and I, it, it, it's a lot of the issues are, are are some of them are really easy to to solve. Some of them aren't. Some of them are really complex. But it, it it's like we don't. I, I feel like we we just keep putting more and more band aids mm. on these these wounds that we'll we'll never get to the root of these like complex issues because we don't even want to address them and sure. we're we're like going further and further away from that and um it's a shame and I, I hope i'm wrong but but i do like i said I, I do see people that all over the country who you know like we're we we do have a lot more in common and, and at the end of the day I hate that phrase, and I just used it. My best friend <laughs> right now just started laughing because she always she she hates that phrase so much. I hate that phrase, but at the end of the day, I, you, most people want the same things. You know, like yeah. they they just want to lead. We all require like, the same things: food, water, air, love, right. touch. You know. Yeah, and um, but I mean, it, like Trump likes to say, "Who knows? We'll see." I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's like, but these complex. That was the worst Trump impersonation I've ever heard. I wasn't even really. <laughs> I wasn't even really trying I to impersonate. I know you were. I was just kidding. Yeah. But you know, there, there's there are complex issues that we don't really even begin to address. That it's easier, you know, like like racism and stuff like that. There's there's no. It's it's hard to say because you you see progress and then. It's like one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. You were born here in the South. Not here, but not in Nashville, Tennessee. No, I was, I was, I was born in uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And, um, how, does, uh, how does that shape? So we've been talking about military and politics right. a little bit and, and how people view the world. and what is, How does being Southern shape that? There, there's, there's this like whole just um, duality... Uh, I, I feel like that that goes along with it with with being southern because you don't. It, it's I, I I was never like a um, I never considered myself to be like a, a proud southerner until I, I moved away, and when I moved to Washington D.C. and then I realized that like people were very uh, you know I I didn't realize that people still viewed the the South as being. Less sort of like illiterate and yeah, racist and, sure. and, and poor. Yeah. And um, that's how I was treated by by a lot of people. They hear the uh, accent and they immediately in shape. DC. Yeah. I they, points off of you. 
Yeah, they yeah. exactly. They which is they, a shame. It's it's no better than, and I think that's where the rhetoric of elitist comes from because. Right. When someone treats you less than based on where you're from. That's why a lot of these people are disenfranchised in the first place. But, but yeah, there's there's totally a like a cultural elitism um, that goes along with. And I know DC is like a special place, but it it's all over. And and for me, I feel like the South that I know, um, I can at least say that the South I know is the only place I've ever been in the country that's truly integrated i can go to you mean nashville what do you mean by that no like it like in the deep south like like the school i went to was 50 percent black my town's 50 percent black like i go to other cities and it, it's like oh well all your black people live here in right. this one little pocket and all your including nashville it, nashville's very yes we are very segregated i don't consider nashville to be the the it's the South for sure. I don't consider it to be the deep South. Not like Mississippi or right. Right. So when when I say the South, I, I mean the deep South. But Nashville is is very like your black people live here in this one little part of town, mm-hmm. and your Spanish people live here in, yes, in this one little part. Yes, which is interesting because people think of Nashville as being very progressive, but it when, is when you're here, you're like, man, that's so much. <laughs> it's 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 progressive leaning for a Southern. Town. But the minute the door shuts, it's. I mean, I've been in writers' rooms where people have said some things where I'm like, I'm. I'm sorry. What did you just say? Um, but but <laughs> my my point is, so in in the deep South, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia, like everything is is you know just about fifty fifty across the board, black white. Um, Nobody else in the country, I feel like, really has like deals with that. So, the 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 geographical region of the country that gets the worst, and re- like rightfully so, I'm 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 not taken up for the South at all. It definitely has it, its evils, but um, I, I just never saw it as a thing until I moved away, and and I, I was. I was treated like sort of an inferior and just because of they like they heard my accent or whatever and I'm sure they assumed like oh this dude's a, a racist and probably illiterate and uneducated. I I don't know. Like he definitely I'm, has sex with his own sister. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's horrifying. That's that's Alabama, that's not Louisiana. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm joking. Uh, Mississippi but, diss right there. But so 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 there there's like you, there's this thing you have to deal with that I, I think it, it's easy from some for somebody from like Des Moines, Iowa to, to point fingers and say, well, all these people are racist in, in this entire region or this state. But it's it's just a little more complex than that. And a lot of problems we have are just a little bit more complex than that. And to a lot of people, it's just a very like cut and dry, like black and white, no pun intended, but but like like the, the 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 flag thing and the statues and all that like it it it's all it's easy for somebody for an outsider to say like look this is just wrong and there's no other way around it and to an extent they're right i mean they they are right but i think what they don't take into consideration is um what we had to deal with growing up and it like there are like racial tensions that are still there you know it's the south like we're all aware of our 
of our past and our, our history. And, um, and, and so like the, the, those tensions are there. Um, but we're, we're, we're sort of being forced to, to deal with them in real time. Whereas I feel like in some other places, it's just a little more suppressed and racism little, is suppressed. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or a little more like institutional, you know, like to me, like I was talking about it, I go to another town and it's like, well, if all your black people live here and all your Spanish people live here, like to me, that's racist. That's like institutional racism. And that's the stuff that nobody wants to talk about because it's easier to just say, like, look at these racist Southerners. Part of that certainly is socioeconomic for sure, I think. The, uh, but also part of that is being around those who look like you and feel like you and understand you. So it is a complex thing. The floods that came through Nashville, for example, disintegrated the uh, integration and forced out when they rebuilt Nashville with these grandiose places, you know, in East Nashville, right. with big homes that suddenly a lot of the poor, white, black, Latino, you know, whatever, they got pushed out. Or in the Gulf Coast when you're pushed out from hurricanes. That's right. And stuff the like that. always the first to be disenfranchised and shoved out. And it's just this... Right. So you. So how did you? How did your family feel about, for example, since you said already that your politic is different than other members of your family? So let's take something like the flag, the Confederate flag, or a statue of a. Well, I I think the the disconnect there is, so, we like, I was not raised. My friends were not raised to, to to think that. Hey, Dad, what's this flag mean, or what's it stand for? Nobody says like, well, it stands for racism, and <laughs> and we're proud of that. Or nobody says like, well, it stands for you know like hanging people and, and slave owning. Um, I was always told like, well, it, it just stands for being proud of where you're from. And as a kid, I, I was totally okay with with that, you know, because you you, you do see. Um, you know, Southerners hold in high regards, like, the things that there are to be proud of there. You know, like the, the food and the music and the arts and the, the literature and the, the sports. Music and arts that come from black people, by the way. <laughs> well, <honest>. like, <laughs> stolen <laughs> from black people, but down the line like in 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 the modern day south you see black and white people coming together no i understand over the, that over those things but for and again you're coming your understanding of for you the flag the confederate flag right. doesn't mean these things that maybe somebody who's a black person well no it does but you're a white person and you were raised as a white person exactly so so, so as a kid that that's that's acceptable um, yeah, I'm proud of where I'm from because you're, you, 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 you see that your whole life growing up. You're, you know, like Southerners, like I said, they hold in high regard, like the, the, the good. There's a pride to the South. Yeah, sure. there, there is a pride. Southern and, pride. There it is. Yeah. And, and, and you're a part of that growing up, but, but then you get older and you start to see, uh, this, this doesn't necessarily mean what I was told it means. And uh, I feel like if you get to the point in your life where somebody said, I feel like you can carry your whole life with you. The whole like, oh, this this doesn't mean what everybody says it means. It means 
that you're proud of where you're from, but when you get to the point in your life and your own experience where you see what it truly means to other people and you don't denounce that, then you're wrong. I, I, it's it, like voting. You it's know? complicated because I, I feel like uh, some, I've had this discussion with a lot of people and I, like I've I've talked about this uh, the other day with somebody's from California, and to them, they don't understand how you could ever just think that the Confederate flag was okay. To them, it's just it's either right or wrong. It's very cut and dry, sure. and that's it. But like what I was trying to explain to them is what I'm trying to say now. Like you're you're not necessarily brought up like hating black people or. Or you're not brought up told that that that's like a, a symbol of, of of slavery or you know but when you do start to see what it means to other people that's when you should be like okay <laughs> like it's wrong mm. because this is what it means to other people it doesn't matter I don't care about symbol like George, George Carlin said I'll, I'll leave the symbols to the symbol minded. And that's how I feel about that. And it's the same thing with the flag, the kneeling for the flag. How can you say, how can you take this one flag and say, oh, you can't tell me what this means because this means one particular thing to me and I don't care if it means any particular thing to somebody else. You can't say that and then take another flag and say, oh, this is what it represents and you're disrespecting it across the board. Right. Like it's a, it's a total hypocrisy. That's a very good point. I, I, I the voting thing is when I vote, I'm not just voting based on my beliefs. So this is certainly a, a part of it, but I'm also voting based on how I think others should be treated. And I vote based on injustices that I see. Absolutely. Because it's not just me running amok in this, on this no. planet. There's other people <laughs> to consider. And yeah, I want to take women into consider. I want to take disenfranchised into consideration. The underdog. Uh, politics. Fiscal responsibilities. All sort of war. Uh, health care. Mental health care. There's a lot of stuff that is... N I don't have children. I right. still want to you know, have a voice to protect those who do. And those children should be protected as well. You know, there are certain right. things that just as a human being, look outside oneself. For me, that that's what brought me out of my um, my my whole like just just being apolitical. Um, just sort of this like I I told you earlier. I I came from D.C. and I I said you know what I'm going to stay as far away from all this is because. What allowed me to to justify that was I, I could say to myself, it doesn't really affect me anyway. Mm, dangerous words. I know. And then it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I realized that those were dangerous words. And I realized, well, if none of this stuff affects me, then isn't it, doesn't that place the responsibility on me to uh, to act out against injustices that, I see that don't necessarily affect me. One of the most dangerous lies that is propagated is that your vote and your voice doesn't matter. And if you look, that 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 they're pushing that rhetoric hard. And if if your voice didn't matter and your voice uh, your vote didn't matter, then they wouldn't say a word because they wouldn't give a shit. But they right. do. They want to make you feel that way. I used to think that there was like one small ruling class, the oligarchy. And everyone from Hillary Clinton to Donald Trump was was in there, and then there was everybody else. 
And to, that's pretty accurate. And to an extent, like I, I still feel that way, yeah. but it allowed me to justify just sort of not giving a shit. When, because like I said, oh, it doesn't affect me. You know, how many people out there could say like, oh, it doesn't really affect me that much. This latest election shows how much it does. Single votes right. matter. Yeah, totally. And, and, and so I, 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 I got tired of, of just seeing... Um, I just grew up and stopped thinking about just myself. Mm, you know, like yeah. that's all it is. Like you, you become an adult and you start to hopefully start to care for other people other than yourself. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes just from like getting out of where you come from. And it, and for me, that's the South. And I love the South. And it's you know I I still live in the South. And there's a lot of things to be proud of. And there's an, also a whole lot of things to be uh, sort of ashamed of. Um, and that's something that nobody else has to deal with but me or other people who, who like grew up here in this. Who There's like this whole, uh, you know, there, there's not, we're not all racist and, and illiterate and, and inbred, but... but um, God, we elect the stupidest fucking people, and then you see them on TV and you hear them on the radio, and it, it, it's like, well, how could you not think that? <laughs> but, um, but, but there's not, and and there's good people here, and 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 there's like a, um, there's this whole sort of like like new South movement that I'm I'm kind of starting to see in um, places like like Charleston and Savannah and. Athens, Georgia, and New Orleans, and I, I don't know, there, there's like, I feel like there's enough disenfranchised, like, decent Southern people that are all starting to come together, and um, I've really started to see that here within the past maybe like, I don't know, maybe 10 years, mm -hmm. but it, I mean, it, it is looking up, but it, but it's one of those like one step forward, two step back things. Well, I would say, that, again, too, just be out in the community to see the good of the world, Instead right. of being, we you know, deep in social media. It's funny, the other, when, when it was voting day, I wrote a thing on my Facebook about just what I just said, about how I, I'm not just voting for me, I'm voting for humanity and for these different things that I believe in and for people who don't have a voice. And somebody uh, posted, well, I, the, you know, I'm voting too, and I vote red. And I said, <laughs> and I said, great. <laughs> Everyone should vote. I don't care where you're coming right. from, but everyone should vote. That is your it's your right as a citizen of People this country. People died for years and years and years of all colors for that right for women just got the right really i mean black people just got the right for god's sakes if that alone doesn't spur you to action yeah, or the fact that in other countries people get killed for voting we're what like 50 years removed from not much yeah it's from not much. a time when it's crazy and let's be honest people still get strung up on trees in this modern day world um or the modern day equivalent shot for no reason um and we could had, get into that i had a well, uh, but. i had a uh, the, the high school i went to it was an all-white high school that was out in the country and um I think it was a year or two before I started going there, but they somebody burned a cross, like during halftime of their like homecoming game or whatever. 
This is a, so you didn't always go to a uh, integrated school. Then you went to a segregated school as well. I grew up going to schools that were like pretty much 50-50 black and white. But this particular school. When I was a sophomore in high school, my parents moved ah. from the city like out towards the country. Ah, and then the I country. Yeah. Country mouse. Yes. Then I transferred to this school. Yeah. And, um, and the thing about country versus city as well, I had this conversation the other day uh, with someone and that, you know, they made a very valid point is that the people in the city they get a lot, they see a lot of the progress the people in the country don't. And so they feel disenfranchised. And so they get more set in this pinpoint of anger. Like, what, is, what does yeah. anybody do for me? They it's feel me disenfranchised and, and, and they, I mean, that, that's the whole thing. Like, they, they feel, they, they view government as this evil entity. And in a lot of ways it is. But... It's this whole, like, sort of fuck you, like, self-reliance, disenfranchised. Those are the people that, that, that Trump was able to sort of uh, prey upon in, in the most recent election. Mm -hmm. And those, a lot of those people are, are people that used to belong to the Democratic Party. But, I mean, let's be honest, they were sort of just left out to dry. Uh, by the Democrats. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, there are many states that probably should also be allowed to go east, west, north, south, because the f for California, for example, Southern California gets all the resource. Northern California has all the farmers. You know, how, what are, how, are, and how are they supposed to survive when all the money is being dumped into the south? Because right. Because they need more policing and they need more water and all this stuff. So the, the north of California gets screwed. Same with, you know, Oregon or Idaho or Washington State. Eastern Washington and Western Washington, you might as well be in a different state. They're yeah. completely different. Louisiana is the same way. Yeah, and they require different things. And they have different needs and different belief systems. Right. And, I, I feel like for the, the people I grew up around that are that are very much uh, like conservative, I feel like for most of them and and there are like still some some religious like values voters, but I feel like for most of them, for them it all boils down to like the money and, it's always the, and, money. and the welfare thing and they feel like, well, we work our asses off. Uh, you know, forty hours a week or whatever, and then. Um, but there's you know, a ton of white 30, people on welfare. There, a ton. Yeah, <laughs> big time. <laughs> a lot, a lot. But 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 they don't. I think that's their big. As far as the people I know, that would probably be their biggest. But like, see, that's also ignorance. That's just an ignorant. Well, it, I mean, they. they that's their biggest hang-up, but, but also, like, I don't... Me, personally, I, I, I view our country and, and the world as we're only as strong as our, our weakest link. And so, I get, you know, like, yeah, it sucks to, to go to work and work your ass off all week and then have this percentage of, of money taken out to go to welfare... But like it's a tiny, tiny percent as well. And does welfare need reforming? Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's way too much. Um, I I think it it could be, you know, like boiled down a lot nicer into maybe just. I would love to a see a small them, handful of. Well, I would like to see that money used to help 
put people back on their feet. We have a right. problem in general. Well, I don't mean the money. I just mean like the the sort of the gov- all the different government like entities that are all sort of fall under the same umbrella as welfare is such a tiny 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 i mean tiny but, but yeah i, I honestly would... get rid of one bomb of the gajillions of bombs we have in our war chest and you'd be fine people don't realize like the money's there that's a big problem is the money's there like you want free health care the money's there mm-hmm. the money's there it's just being spent on on dumb, dumb stuff. shit yeah but do you want like do you want to live in poverty or, or do you not do you do you want the chances of your house and your car being broken into to be lessened like you have to start investing into those sort of things and that's what it is well this country as a whole is not great at investing in itself and we've seen no. a systematic decline and it's not it's not political based it's financial based because if you look at it Again, it's that thing where I don't care which side of the political aisle you're on. There has been a systematic destroying of this country on, on so many levels. Yeah. Well, because there's so... Because and it keeps the people in power more powerful. And exactly. And the poorer we get, the dumber we get. And by dumb, I mean ed- educated. I mean, I've And that's met- why I still sort of identify with, with, with like, fiscally conservative, fiscal conservatives. Yeah, I understand that. But, but nobody... <laughs> But they're not truly fiscally conservative, the people that say they are. But, yeah, that's the problem. Like, the money's there. Like, we have the money for education and, and the money for health care, the money for infrastructure. But it's just being spent on so much dumb shit, mm-hmm. uh, like overthrowing foreign governments. Well, and it's like or, you mentioned as well, is that um, they sneak things into bills here and there that they know will or won't get passed. Yes. All that's. I swear to God, I learned more about the way the government works watching seven seasons of The West Wing than <laughs> I did in my ninth grade uh, civics course. Isn't that sad? But it's true I, because it, it it put questions in my head. And then I went and researched things. And I read the Constitution for real. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I really got into it. And I thought, is that true? You, you just had you, you either reach the point in your life or you don't to where you start to just sort of like research things on mm-hmm. on your own mm-hmm. or especially things that you believe in well and i've been dear. wrong so much that, and it's right. fine and it, it's okay to be wrong if you, i would rather be wrong than not know i'd rather be wrong and well, learn what the truth is than blindly go along right for sure totally and i i think a lot of people would just rather be right it, it's too scary to like potentially be wrong mm-hmm. When you have all this evidence, all these other fucking spagooter eaters on, <laughs> liking your posts on Facebook, you've got all this other evidence that you're right, and you don't have to research it. It's way scarier to find out if you're legitimately right or not for most people. Mm. I mean, like for me, all, all that, like I learned all that in journalism school. I mean, I, most people should, like, if. If you're if you're this adamant about your 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 worldview, and you're you're willing to like just pound it into all these different people on on Facebook or whatever, because they're just these like video game bosses mm-hmm. that you're just trying to like defeat. Uh, wouldn't you want to know like more about the, <laughs> the the subject you're talking about? Most people wouldn't. If you believe something so true 
if you have that much faith, then go read the people that don't believe it. The people that have completely the opposite thought patterns and belief systems and really read it and understand where they're coming from. And it may change the way you think or it may not. Just hear what the other person has to say instead of just arguing it for the sake of the argument. Right. Use critical thinking. Because why? what could go wrong? Well, maybe you believe what they say. Well, that's okay, too. The newest pope. Mm-hmm. Francis? No, is that was the last one. Who is the new guy? Is it Francis? I think it's Francis. Wait, who is the... Who's the super creepy one? The last Pope gave me the creeps. They're all like kind of borderline super creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Catholics. I have to look it up. But um, we'll just say the new Pope. But but so like South Louisiana is very Catholic. My mom is is from like as far South Louisiana as you can possibly get. Like very Cajun, uh, very Catholic. And, like, this newest pope said, uh, he, he said hell didn't exist. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And I want to say it's Francis. Isn't it Francis? I think it might be Francis. And and he might have, like, went back to clarify it, it like, past what I read. But I, I read about it, and I started talking to, trying to talk about it to, like, my mom and my grandparents. And they're like, oh, no, he, he doesn't count. He's, like, a liberal pope. <laughs> That's amazing. The, I saw, the fucking Pope. Let's see here. Have you ever seen Hell House? Like the documentary? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um It's like these productions. Oh Francis. Nailed it. It is Francis. Yeah. I couldn't remember because I, I was trying to remember the last guy. He was I think of, John Paul something was The creepy one. Maybe one of the them last was guy. kind of freaked me out. One the the German one gave me the Willie Me Timbers and then well, I suppose. I don't know. Francis is uh, like his vibe. He's I'm kind sure of a rock star. He's not perfect either. He's got his own. I mean, right. everything comes with its own baggage. But that moment I thought was so beautiful. That is beautiful. Yeah. Um, what is Hell House? Oh. Uh, you mean the series on Netflix? No. It, well, it was a documentary, but it, it's like. The Haunting of Hell House. No. No. That's okay. something different. Uh, which I am watching, by the way. We can talk about that later. But but there's a so so Southern Baptists, and I think probably like Pentecostals, and I'm I'm sure like I'm sure it goes beyond them. But they put on these these productions, and I went to one oh, as a kid. Yes, but I there's a documentary about a big one called Hell House where they, they like they bring the kids in, and it's basically like a haunted house. But for to scare you into like uh, abstinence, giving your Lord, and, giving yeah, your soul to, yeah, to the yeah. Lord or whatever. They have like the HIV room and they have like the yeah the yeah. incest room and the like, <laughs> if you read yeah if you listen to rock music room and all yeah the, <laughs> the rock music room. <laughs> I I had to go to one of those like when I, when I was a kid I was what? sent to one. Oh my god! Yeah, it was called um it was called Heaven's Gate Hell's Flame, and they did it every year, and it was like. Me and my brother were laughing about it because we just went to a haunted house, this like Nashville Nightmares or whatever, and it's like this big maze, and they just give you a glow stick, and that's all you have, and so you just oh, walk around and it's pitch dark, scary. and there's people like grabbing your ankles and Not stuff. Okay. But anyway, so we like I haven't thought about this in years until we went to this haunted house, but it was basically like a haunted house for for good Christians, and. Um, it was in the church, like in the, you know, you, they would, you had like a tour guide 
and they would take you in groups and um, they would take you around and you would see these different scenarios and one was like I, I, I vaguely remember it but but one was like um, like the alcoholic widow who uh, drank herself to death and another one was like the construction worker who wasn't saved but like he fell off the scaffold and died at work and uh, just like different scenarios like that of people who it was all deaths and it was people who like were saved or who weren't saved and um, so then you go and you, you see and, and you're like a kid you know like like elementary school enough to like be really scared and um, and they're taking you to these different scenarios and it's just these people dying <laughs> like these miserable people like drinking themselves to death or like the drug addict and um, so then they take you to uh, you come out into like the church and you're at the Golden Gates and St. Peter or whoever it is that's there like checking the, the, the guest list um, he's there and so all these all these characters from these scenarios that you saw, they come up to the gate and he's going down the list and he's like, "What's your name?" Nope, <laughs> not on the list. And then these demons run out and like grab the people and they drag them to hell. And then they take you to like a hell scenario and it's like your Sunday school teacher like dressed up like the South Park devil, <laughs> like you know with with, with like a. a one of those voice things and it's like ha 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 you know all these people are burning in hell and um because they didn't give their they didn't give their souls to jesus christ or whatever so then they take you to the next room they're like all right who wants to sign up and you're like uh me i don't want to have to do that you know like you're a you're a young kid and like all your friends are doing it and it's like this is kind of weird but uh okay whatever same reason we do the pledge of allegiance yeah every day. and and so then they sign you up and then so that sunday it's like it's a big photo op for the for the sunday service so they they can bring all these kids down the aisle and and dunk them in the water and stuff but mm -hmm. but yeah I, I, I went to that it's like child abuse <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Oh my God! There's that joke about uh, the guy dies and goes to hell, and Satan's like, "All right, welcome to hell. You have to pick a room that you're gonna be in for all eternity." And the guy's like, "Oh, okay." And he's like, "Check, take a look in door number one." And the guy leans in, and it's like people getting their flesh ripped from their bodies, and there's flames, and they're being poked with sticks, all this stuff. And the guy's like, "Oh my God, that's that's horrific." And he's like, "I, I don't want that room." I mean, Say so it's like, check out door number two. And the guy looks in door number two, and it's, you know, uh, I don't know, Night Ranger playing on 24-7. <laughs> and, and, and he's getting, you know, people are getting just eviscerated, and, like, their bowels are in their hands, and they're sobbing, and, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that looks terrible. And Saints so like, look in door number three. And so the guy looks in door number three, and it's a bunch of people standing around uh, waist-deep in shit, and they're drinking coffee. And just sort of chatting amongst themselves. And the guy's like, oh, it's not so bad. And he's like, Satan, I'll, I'll do door number three. And he's like, all right, get in there. And he walks in there. And then Satan yells, all right, everybody, coffee breaks over. Back on your head. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, That's a good one. Yeah, it's a dumb joke, but it made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I love dumb jokes. Yeah, me too. But yeah, that, like that the the hell house thing is 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 a real thing, and and that's what like what I was talking about earlier though they 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 inject a little tiny bit of like political ideology into oh yeah of course into these like 
um, wh whatever they are, like Sunday school class or, you know, these, these, I don't know, uh, is it a play? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know it's what you call it. a morality play of, of yeah, sorts, I suppose. A, a morality play. But it, it, it is very, like, and I don't know if that's specifically Southern, but, it, but like... I doubt it. I'm sure it's everywhere. But it, it, it's, I mean, it, it's definitely a thing. It's mm -hmm. like a, it, it's like a recruitment pool. I'd love to get somebody from Westboro. Westboro Church. I think that's all just like fake. You do? I do. Yeah. I, I don't. Well, I, those people are pretty. I intense. think they know exactly what they're doing, and I, I think it's like a, a money thing. Oh, you I, mean that the leaders of it? I don't yeah. know. I mean, if anybody out there is a Westboro person, I'd love to have you. I could be wrong. I'm just so curious, just because it's it's just so to me over the top, and and uh, I there was an interview that I saw once of the of a daughter of one of the leaders and. She's, you know, they believe what they're saying. The, the followers, at least. Right. You know, go go to any religion, <laughs> and, and perhaps maybe the leaders aren't so much. Yeah, maybe it. so. Um, I don't know. I, it always just seemed very like, sort of like hokey and, and fake to me. I don't know. But maybe not. Who knows? Because they were always like they were always out on on Bourbon Street in in New um, Orleans. A good place and, for like, them, I suppose. Always. <laughs> if, if you hate, that's a good place to be. You know, fags, masturbators, everyone basically going to hell. All their that's signs. What their signs that, yeah. yeah. They. I mean, they 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 were there. Um, I just never. I just thought it was kind of like a joke. Yeah. How does your family feel about uh, homosexuality? They think it's a sin. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I feel like it's uh, perfectly natural. I mean, it like if <laughs> that was a great response. If, if you can be <laughs> for the if, people who are gay, it's fine, right? If you can be, you know, if if God will allow one of His children to be born with like both penises and, and vaginas, then how far of a stretch is it that somebody could be born gay? Right. I mean that's ridiculous <laughs> to me, but I, but I I guess it you know to some people it's not like right to, some people it's very serious. Yeah, my 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 parents think that it, it's you know it's a sin and um, I they're 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 not like you know they're they're not like uh, I I mean I guess they're homophobic but 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 they're not like outspoken you know like oh these you know whatever it's not really like that i just think they think that it's wrong yeah you know and i i think that they would i think that if if their all white southern baptist church congregation were to have a gay couple all of a sudden like join them on a on a sunday morning service i don't think anybody would say anything to them Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like afterwards, but I, I don't think they would be like turned away. Yeah, and I, I don't think they would be in in harm's way or anything like that. Hmm. Um, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and and that's like, you know, we're, again, we're just like, pro I don't know how many years removed from where that would not be a big deal. We're a, getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. Or maybe we're not. I don't know. I'd like to think we're getting there. But that's just me. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm guessing there's people listening to the show that are uh, not into the idea of two same-sex Right. And, and, and I get it. Um, I mean, I don't. But 
I don't either. I mean, I, 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 get, I get that people believe that and it's important to them and all that. I understand where they're coming from, but it's doesn't, right. I just, I just think there's if your if your reasoning behind it is because it's a it, it's a threat to the the sanctity of marriage. There's a lot more going on. You should be concerned about that. It, that's threatening to the sanctity of marriage than than than. Uh, a dude and a dude or a girl and a girl yeah. or whatever yeah um wanting to have the same rights and be treated equal as everybody else mm-hmm. um wow we've really covered the <laughs> the gamut the, the spectrum <laughs> <laughs> and i've done a call out so seriously anybody who, who falls into any of these categories that uh that i've talked about um please reach out to me susan at heyhumanpodcast.com send me your hate mail <laughs> But please come to the show. I'm okay with being hated and disagreed with. Um, it's yeah. much more fun. You to should have just be hated to, to some extent. Just or to you're, have you're not doing something. it right. Yeah. <laughs> but just to have the conversation, you know, it would be fascinating, I think. I'm not out to... I, my wish and my will, of course, would I would love for everyone to just be like, whatever you do in your life is fine and it, it doesn't concern me. But I know the reality isn't that. You know? Yeah, if you're not hurting anybody else everybody deserves to be treated as equal and if you're not hurting anybody else then why should it bother you what somebody else is doing life would just be a lot more (laughs) chill easy peasy then the ai wouldn't have to take us over (laughs) yeah which they will eventually anyway (laughs) to explore and, and find those things out for yourself um, to boldly go where no one has gone yeah. before in the wise and maybe I'm wrong Captain but if Kirk. I'm wrong <laughs> I went to the heaven's gate hell flame and I, I, I gave my life to the Lord so I'm, I'll be good <laughs> so where are you headed what's your plan what's um, your five year plan here at this company <laughs> where do you see yourself in the company well I'm about to um, I'm about to get back in the studio and and record uh what will actually be my technically my debut full-length solo record. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Because I've done some stuff like under another band name, and I've done some stuff under like Chris Watts Band. Uh, but as far as just under the name Chris Watts, this will be like my first my first full-length uh, solo solo record. And um, stay on the road. Um, I tour solo a lot. Um, I've been predominantly just touring solo uh, for the past couple of years now and, and doing just a lot of like songwriter venues and mm. like listening rooms and stuff like that. But I think it's time to get a band back out on the road. Time and, to get the band back together. Yeah. But no, I, I feel like I've I've um I feel like I've done everything I'm gonna do just driving around the country on my own. Yeah. So a way to save money too. Yeah, but it's also like the, it's sort of the the path of least resistance, you know. So it, it's it's I've, I've developed a comfort zone doing that, mm. and um, I feel like now it's time, it, you know, if I want to sort of take things to the next level, I guess it, it's it's time to do something a little bit different. Mm. And part of that is will be like bringing a full band out and seeing how that goes. So how can people find you out there in the World Wide Webs? You can find me on uh, my my website is www... You probably don't have to say that part. <laughs> <laughs> HTTP colon 
slash slash <laughs> www. <laughs> I'm on all the things, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, and uh, I put links on Hanging One Podcast. Yeah, and that's all Chris Watts Band. Um, and I'm also on iTunes and, and Spotify and all that stuff. So, yeah. Cool. Well, Chris, thank you. Chris Watts. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. And uh, that was a really interesting conversation. I appreciate it. Good. I'm glad. Thank yeah. you for having me. Absolutely. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Please take a moment and rate and review Hey Human on iTunes. It's super helpful, and I really appreciate it. Thanks. Bye.